So as we get started tonight, it's good to be back. We're starting off in usually a different fashion of how we would normally launch a series, but but man, over over Christmas break and the new year, man, I, I've just had this burning desire for students and for Christians to to actually believe and act on their beliefs and see that lived out. That whole video is pointing you towards uh, evidence of why we believe Jesus is who he says he was. Because you can't put physical proof in front of you to show that Jesus is who he says he is, that God is who he says he is, but there's evidence to point you towards a God. And more than anything, I want you as students, us as leaders, as Christians, to understand why we believe what we believe, because I believe what we say and what we proclaim to be truth if we actually believe it and act upon it, it will change everything. So I want to propose this question to you. Have you ever wondered why you believe what you believe? Have you ever wondered about why you believe what you believe? Because a lot of times you find out that many people are living on someone else's faith and not on their own faith. And that's why you watch people walk away from the church, because their faith never became theirs. They've been riding the faith of someone else. And for you as students, I think that's one of the scariest places you can be. And so what I want to do is I want to point you towards Jesus in hopes that this becomes real and that your faith becomes yours. It's not your parents' faith, it's your faith. It's not your leader's faith, it's your faith. It's not your friend's faith, it's your faith. So that's where we're going tonight. But to get there, and just to kind of help paint this picture a little bit more, anyone ever been camping? Show of hands, anyone ever been camping? Who, like, loves camping? Who hates camping and still been, no? no? Anyone ever gone camping like during the summer and you were like hanging out and all of a sudden you just started getting bit by something but you didn't know what was biting you? Anyone know what those are called? Well, you can see a mosquito, Captain. No, you can see those too. No seums, I heard somewhere. No seums. It's a legit thing. No seums. No. Ash, C, like you see them. Dash um, U-M, S. No C-ums. It's a real thing. Um, I have not made this up just to make an illustration. This is a legit thing. They actually have a, uh, a hammock that has a net around it, and the net is called a no seum net. Because what it is, it's this little bug that you can't see with your bare eye, but they will bite you like they are the size of a mosquito. Anyone, anyone know what I'm talking about? Or am I the only one that's just making this up and I'm living in my own little universe? You know what I'm talking about, J.D. There we go. As long as J.D. knows what I'm talking about, I'm good to go. I already spelt it. No seum. Just like you, like you heard. Ben, am I telling the truth? Thank you for Google. They're what? That one. Midges. But anyways... I, I love that this bug exists because in reality, like you can look under it in a telescope, but the whole thought process of something can exist if you don't see it. God exists and, and there's and and what I want you to see is I believe that the God that wrote this Bible that inspired the writing of this Bible is a God that actually exists. And a lot of people will help the argument of seeing that there is evidence to God and saying that we all have a moral code, right? We all have uh, a feeling of what is right and what is wrong. We all believe that murder is wrong. That the Holocaust was a terrible, awful thing. That stealing is a bad thing. 
Now, some people disobey this, but at the core of who we are, we all have this moral code. And so I would propose, if you don't believe, and if you don't believe, man, I'm, I'm glad you're here. I welcome that. This is a, a safe place for you to be, but I would argue that the fact that we believe in right and wrong would say that there is something. But I want to help us see that I believe Jesus is that something. See, Christianity believes this, that God created everything, that God exists, exists outside of time, and he created the world. It's what we believe as Christians. If you, don't, if you don't know this stuff, this is what we believe as Christians. God created the world, he spoke it into existence. In the garden, in Genesis 1 and 2, everything is perfect. God has created man, and they walk in unity with God. And then sin enters the world through the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And because of that sin and that disobedience, it has separated us from God. Once we were in union with God, and sin separated us from God. And so now we, we've, we've rebelled against God. We're all born into our sin, the Bible tells us. And then God has made a covenant with his people. You see it throughout the Old Testament. God is going to bring his people back. Here's, here's the, the law that points what is the code, what, what, what is the standard for living up to God. And, and constantly Jesus is redeeming his people out of slavery, and then they disobey, and they fall back into slavery, and that's the rep- repetitiveness of the Old Testament. And then the beautiful truth, God sends Jesus, his only son, to die a death, to live a perfect life, to die the death that we deserved that we all deserve because we were born into sin, because of the decision in the garden. We were all born into sin. So Jesus dies the death we deserve, which pays a penalty that we couldn't pay. That pays the penalty for our separation from God. And the whole point of Jesus going to the cross and rising from the grave to defeat death was to redeem the the unity that we had with God in the beginning. That's what we believe. As Christianity, that's the core of our foundation and our faith. We believe that we have rebelled and Jesus made it possible so we could be unified with God again. And see, our faith rests upon Jesus. So what I want us to see tonight is I think, I think it's an, an irrational argument to say there is no God, but I want you to see that Jesus is the God that actually is the true God. And Paul, who writes in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15, verse 17, he's saying that everything rests on Jesus and Jesus alone. It's nothing apart from Jesus. It's no other religion. It's no other good deeds, acts, and kind of faith that can save you. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. It says this in verse 17 of chapter 15. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who have fallen asleep in Christ, those who have died and have perished, or uh, those who also have fallen asleep, and Christ have perished. So even if you believed and you still died, if Jesus isn't who he says he is, it doesn't matter. 19, and if Christ, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied. Paul's saying if this isn't true, if our faith isn't true, if what we say about Jesus isn't true, then we are to be the most pitied of all people because we've rested our whole lives on the fact that Jesus is who he says he is. But the beginning, what I want you to see is, if this Bible is true, what has to be true is the resurrection. If the resurrection of Jesus is true, which that video was trying to get at, is saying these are the evidences of why Jesus is who he says he is. His brother didn't believe until he was revealed himself after his death and resurrection. Those are eyewitness accounts of written the New Testament. People that actually saw Jesus after he rose from the grave 
wrote these words. So I want us to see, based upon that, ultimately it comes down to faith, but if this is true, if Jesus is who he says he is, if he did what he said he was going to do, and what this Bible says, this changes it all. This changes it all. And our lives must be different. So why Jesus? Why the cross? So it comes down to, did Jesus really die and come back from the dead? Hebrews 11, verses 1 and 2. I'm going to be in Hebrews 11 and 12. So if you, want, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and grab them. We're going to uh, just chat through some stuff, and it, it won't take too long. Hebrews 11, chapter, or chapter 11, verse 1. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, and the conviction of things not seen. So this is what faith is. We're hoping for something we haven't seen. And we have a conviction about this to be true. For, it, for by the people of the old received, and by faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. So faith, what I want us to see is, faith isn't necessarily being able to touch and see something personally. You're going to meet people in your life that, like, if, I want, if I'm going to believe in your God, I have to be able to physically touch something and prove it. And what I want us to see, ultimately, is the Holy Spirit has to do the work of salvation and the work of saving someone and revealing. But I want you to see, at the end of the day, it still takes faith to believe in anything. To not believe in something takes faith because you're trusting that it isn't, no, there's nothing. There's still faith involved in everything. You have faith that that chair is going to hold you in uh, Hopefully those are all the ones I've sat in on before and I shouldn't have had faith in that chair. But maybe I just need to lose weight. Just trying to lighten the moon, y'all. Looking a little tense. So if this is true, if the faith is, is assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen, why did Jesus go to the cross? Why would Jesus, if he came, if he died, if he suffered for something greater, why than we could ever imagine? That's what I want us to see is the suffering of Jesus was so much bigger than just an act on the cross. He didn't just go to the cross and it was like a storybook writing. We have to understand that God himself in the form of Jesus actually suffered on our behalf. It's not just a story, it's a reality. And, and, and if this is true, he suffered something more than we can ever suffer because in that moment, Jesus, who exists, exists outside of time with God, who had unity with the Trinity, which is, that's another talk for another day, had, se- had experienced separation at the cross. Because on the cross, our sins were laid on him. So if that's, if that's why, why would he do that? Experienced something he had never experienced before, the suffering of, of sin and the separation from God, he must have been able to see past the cross. If, if Jesus really did what he said he did, he must have been able to see past the torture device that the cross was the suffering, the pain, the agony that was going to happen on the cross. He must have seen past it. If Jesus was going to go to it, he must have been able to see beyond the grave. So what was it? Hebrews 12, flip over, flip over one chapter. 12, uh, verse 2. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy, this is it, for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and the seated at the right hand of the throne of God. See, Jesus saw the cross and knew that this was the plan from God from the very beginning when we were separated from God to bring people back to him. He didn't just see the cross, he saw past it. And for the joy that was set before him, past the cross, he endured this on our behalf. 
for the joy, what, then what is that joy? Because I don't want us to overlook the cross. I don't want us to overlook what happened here because this is where we get life. If we don't have this, then there's no hope. If Jesus actually didn't die, as Paul said, we are to be pitied because we can't at, be good enough to be with God. You can't do enough good deeds. You can't obey your parents enough. You can't do well enough in school. You can't feed the poor or clothe the homeless or anything enough to save yourself. This is what was needed. So what was the joy? Well, in Genesis, when we were separated from God, the joy was Jesus made it possible so we could be with God again. Once he separated, Jesus' joy was that he would redeem his people back to himself and bring unity again to God's people. That's the joy that Jesus went to. So if God exists and Jesus really did live a perfect life and die a death that was this and then ultimately come back from the grave, this changes everything. And it means you have to respond. If this is true, if this is reality, if this is who Jesus actually is, then you can't chance it. You can't just continue to live in your life for yourself and not responding to who Jesus is. If this is true. Hebrews 11.6 And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must also believe that he exists and that he rewards those that seek him. You can't be made right with God unless there's faith. And if there is faith, then your life will look different. If there's faith, your life won't be about just yourself and making much of yourself and just living like there is a tomorrow. It's living as if today is everything and Jesus is everything. It takes faith. And see, ultimately, there are answers to a tons of your questions, but at the end of the day, you actually have to believe, and Jesus has to speak into your heart, and you have to place your faith that this, this cross, this idea, this torture device is actually the, the, um, the instrument that made it possible that we could be in unity with God again, that you could be brought into the family of God again. Because without this, it's not possible. Without this, it means nothing. Without this, you can't do it. So as the band comes up, I want us first to check ourselves. I, I, I think one of the biggest issues with the church and one of the biggest issues with Christianity today is that we, we as Christians are afraid to express we have doubts. We're afraid to express that we, we still struggle with the idea that God, if Jesus actually does exist, and as some of us believe, I do believe he exists, but how could this Jesus love me to do this for me? If he actually does exist, how could he love me to do that? Some of us are doubting. Some of us have days where he just doesn't feel like God is near and you have doubts. And I think the biggest thing, the worst thing we've done to y'all and, and to Christians around the world is not allow you to express doubt. I would say it is a good thing to wrestle with your doubt. If you don't wrestle with your doubt, someone's going to challenge your faith and you'll walk away from it. You don't have to have all the answers. And it's okay to say you don't. You don't have to know everything and you don't have to feel perfect all the time. 
Don't even try to act like it's not possible. You're going to have days where you just don't feel it. But the basics of our faith is trusting that this is real, that Jesus is who he said he is. He did what he did. And because of that, because of that, we have life. And so, and then the second thing, so check ourselves. Is, do we believe this? Do we actually have faith in this? Do we, are we just believing what we've always been told? But when we look at ourselves, what we've believed has never actually penetrated our lives in a way that we've responded to it. If you've never responded, you've never believed. The second thing I want you to do is look through the cross. Not overlook the cross, but look through it. Look past the cross to see the reason for the cross. The evidence is there to prove and to show that he did die and was raised back to life. But I want you to see that it was for joy. More than that, that it was just to get us out of hell and get us away from death. It was for joy. The Christian life is joy. It's not just striving and working and feeling like you can't do it. It's joy that Jesus, Jesus, God, who spoke everything to existence, and then we said, no, I'm doing it my way, I want it my way, and that God still said, you're mine, and I'm coming for you. So if that's true, if that's true for us, that changes it all. That changes, and that, that, that produces joy. So I want you to see do you see that he's brought us back, and do you, do you believe that? Has your life been changed by this joy? So what we're going to do, band's going to play. We have two songs, and they're incredible to sing about this name, this, this name of Jesus. But I want you to see that it's okay to wrestle with things. It's okay to wrestle with your doubts. It's okay to wrestle with struggles and anxiety and, and, and just not feeling good enough. Because Jesus is bigger. And I believe that. I believe that Jesus is bigger than that. And I believe if you feel that, he can still redeem you tonight. And he can, he can solve all that. So there's no better place than the foot of the cross. There's no better place for all of us because the beauty of a cross is that the ground is level. There's no one better or worse than the cross. We're equal. So I got paper. I'm just going to leave this table up here. If you want to, if you want to respond in this way, I'm going to put some pens over here. Write your doubts and lay them at the foot. You can fold them up. No one's going to look at them. But I think it's going to be symbolic to say, Jesus, this is my doubt. This is my struggle. This is my worries. These are what I'm going through. Family life is tough. School life is tough. Whatever it may be. Maybe you're doing well and you still just want to lay something at Jesus. Maybe you're struggling with certain sin. You want to lay it at the feet of Jesus. You can do that tonight. And believe and place your faith that by doing it, and there's no symbolicness of this, that it's going to remove it, but it's saying, God, my heart says I'm giving it to you. And then you just place your faith that he's big enough and good enough to take it. So I'm going to pray. Band's going to play. If you want to respond, respond. If not, it's cool. So let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for tonight. God, I thank you. I thank you that you're real. God, and I know, and I know deep in my soul that you are who you say you are, and you've done what you said you were going to do, and, you, and what the Bible says you have done. But Jesus, I pray for anyone in this room that's struggling with that. May you reveal yourself. God, with anyone that knows that's true, and they're still struggling with places in their life, may they, may they come to you at the foot of your cross and lay it down and give it to you, knowing that you are the only one that can redeem that from them. Save them from that. So God, may you save tonight.
In your name we pray. Amen.